0: you're listening to the Ignite Life Podcast, loving God and loving people, we're a church of disciples making disciples, training leaders to transform the world for the kingdom of God. Be sure to subscribe as we update weekly the messages from the Cobram campus. We believe that God has the answers for every problem we face in life, whether relational or financial, physical or spiritual, mental or emotional. Dealing with the past, the present, or the future, God has the answers for you. Through His Word, God gives us powerful tools to navigate life's journey, and it's our joy to share these tools with you. In Jesus' name, we welcome you.
1: So um, last week we had uh, Greg come, and he spoke to you guys about the joy of the Lord, amen? And I actually want to take that a little bit further if I could. take my jacket off because I'm cooking hot. Was it cold? Don't turn it off because I'm just hot. hot. Okay, I can't tell. Everyone else seems to get cold and then I'm still hot. I'm pulling out the fan and I'm not, excuse me, I'm not going through, what's that thing called? Menopause. Menopause. No, I'm over it apparently. I had all the blood tests. It's left me with a permanent high temperature. Great in winter, I must say. So, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the joy of the Lord and unpack a few things because for me, um, as a woman of God, as a mother, as a wife, as a pastor to you guys, um, the joy of the Lord is such. Can I use to preach without. Oh, no, I have to preach with the mic. Don't know, that's right. Yeah. So, the joy of the Lord is something that is a very, very strong ground foundation of who you are as a Christian. The joy of the Lord keeps you in God when everything else around you turns into chaos. The joy of the Lord gives you strength when everyone around you is failing. And falling, I don't mean failing as in bad, but I mean they, they run out of juice. But the joy of the Lord gives you a strength that is beyond normal. It's actually supernatural. And I want to talk to you about it. Okay, um, we started off with Nehemiah 8 verse 10 where it ends and the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I want to tell you a bit about where that scripture came from. Um, many hundreds of thousands of years ago actually, Israel was conquered by the um, Babylonians. The country was defeated and most, not all, but most of the people of Israel were taken out of Israel and taken to Babylonia to be um, used as slaves in Babylonia. They'd been there for about 70 years when um, they, they were returned to their own country to repopulate it but they returned to their country as refugees. They had been away for 70 years. So that means anyone who was born before 70 years had no understanding of where or who an Israelite was except in the, the concept of them being captives and slaves. During that 70 years, they weren't allowed to practice their religion at all And although the Levite priests kept as many of their traditions alive that they could, the people no longer knew who they were in God. They didn't know. They had no idea they weren't allowed to read the Word. They didn't even have the Word of God. In those days, it was the first ten or five books, five books of the Bible. They weren't allowed to go near them. And so you you come across the situation where they've been returned to Israel as refugees in their own country. Could you imagine what that would feel like? This is where I come from and I know nothing. Um, We live in Australia, which is a very, very multicultural country. Uh, A lot of people who come here are disassociated from the culture where they were brought up in, and they get dumped into a country, Australia. Australia is a fantastic place to be dumped in, by the way. There's a lot of freedom here that is not available anywhere else in the world. And Australia is a very, very blessed country. And do you know why? Because it's based on the tenets and the understanding of God. We are a Christian country, and that's a fact. Okay? Sorry. So they return to their homeland as as refugees, not knowing their own culture, Because as slaves, they had no culture. They lived as slaves. Come on. Ignorant of the ways of their God. And in that time, um, they returned to their country. The Levite priests were under the leadership of a a gentleman named um, Ezra. He's our boy. And Ezra led the Israelites with Nehemiah, who was the prophet of the time, but also the leader of the people. The two of them led their people back to their own country as refugees, and they came together and they began to teach the people about the Word of God, who God was, how to get to him, and what his laws stated. They didn't just just tell them. They didn't just read stuff out and go, this is what the Word of God says. They went about the people, the the priests went about within the groups of people, and they made sure that the people understood what the Word of God meant. Okay? Does this have any correlation to you, to Sundays, or is it just me that think this is like, I got blown away. I thought it was awesome. And when the people knew and understood what the word of God was and what the law was, they were convicted. They were convicted of sin. They knew that they had been living a life away from God. However form that might take, they didn't even know any better. It wasn't their fault. It wasn't that they, you know, were terrible or anything. They just never knew because it's in 70 years, all of their culture had been ripped away from them. All of their understanding from their parents, you know, they would have been living in a situation where, you, you know, they'd be getting killed and beaten. Okay? It's really... Um, It blew me away that hearing and understanding the law, the people were convicted of their sin and in their sorrow, they started to cry. In their sorrow, they started to cry. And that's when the scripture, the joy of the Lord is your strength comes in. Amazing. So I'm going to read you. uh, This is Nehemiah 8 verses 9 to 12. I've got it in the easy read version because sometimes in the, in the King James or the NIV, the, the, the understanding of, of what these people have had been through didn't really come out. So um, verse 9 starts, excuse me nothing. I've got a bit of a cold. Then Ezra, Nehemiah and the Levites said to the people, Do not be sad today, do not cry. Today is holy to the Lord your God. They said this because the people were crying. The words of the law had made them sad. Nehemiah told the people to eat special food and to drink sweet drinks. Nehemiah also told the people to give food and drink to those who had none. He told the people that they should not be sad. They should not be sad because they were giving pleasure to God. And this would make them strong. That's the bit where it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Okay? Okay. The Levite said, do not be sad, today is a holy day. The people went away, they ate, and they were happy. They understood that the day was separate, holy for the Lord. So they came together as a group of people, and they met, and they spoke, and they talked about God. They understood what the Word of God meant, and where they were, and who God was, and how to approach Him. And it made them sad at first but then they understood the knowledge that that who God is and who it was that they serve, and it made them happy. That, to me, is a description of Sunday services. Seriously. Um, I don't come here to... I I actually find speaking and preaching in front of you guys quite... It's not natural to me. I can yak to you any time you like, but preaching is not my natural groove, Okay. Um, I do this because I know, I know, I know this is what God's called me to do. So verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Rick Warren, who wrote um, The Purpose Driven Church, um, 40 Days of Purpose, is that right? He wrote a number of of discipleship books, um, defines joy, and he says, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right and determined, the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Um, his daughter committed suicide. Okay. Um, he wrote that, excuse me, his daughter committed suicide. He didn't write it right straight away, but you've got to understand the joy of the Lord is not about happy, clappy stuff. Um, for a long time, when I read the scripture, and I didn't really know the background, I'd read it, but I didn't really understand it. For years, years and years and years, I, I, I interpreted the joy of the Lord to mean um, the joy that the gifts of the Holy Spirit give, you know, one of the The gifts that God gives you is joy. So I I thought that that the joy that it was speaking about was the joy that was put inside me by God, and and, you know, I could be happy no matter what. um, Because I thought joy meant happy. And um, as I've grown in God, I have understood and begun to understand that there's so much more about the joy of the Lord. Now, the scripture says the joy of of the Lord, and i I started thinking to myself, you know, it's, this is how I started. so so what does that mean, the joy of the Lord? Okay, If it's the joy of the Lord, what is it what is it that gives God joy? And that's how I started my study, the joy of the Lord. Number one, something that you need to understand as believers in Christ is that one of the greatest joys that God has is you, Jevin. Did you know that? The word of God tells us in Hebrews 12 verse 2, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. So, so Jesus looks down the corridor of time. He, 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 he so did not want to die. I mean, if, you know, excuse me, Jesus did not want to be tortured and die. That's why he went went to Gethsemane and he's asking God to take this cup of suffering from him. He asked him so bad that he started to bleed sweat, you know, like he was sweating blood. You know, He, he, he did not go to the cross going, Hallelujah, I'm going to be killed. You know, the joy of the Lord was in him. So if that's not the case, what is the joy of the Lord? When Jesus said father will you take this cup from me and God didn't answer him and Jesus knew the answer was no. Jesus thought okay this is my lot why am I doing what I'm doing. He looked down the corridors of time. He saw Jeff and Susie sitting here today. He saw Bruce sitting here today. He saw Jade. He saw James. He saw Darren and Zoe and Vivian. He saw us. He saw you, Leo. He saw you here today. And because of that, he endured the cross. You are the joy of the Lord. How amazing is that? Man, when I first saw that, I just about, I literally fell over. I could not stand up. The anointing was on me so strong, it just blew my mind. Every time I speak it, it blows my mind. And I probably say it a lot because it's, it's, in a, it's a thing that I've learned that just absolutely blows out of the water my idea of what joy is. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people, Isaiah 65, 19. And as the bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so shall your God rejoice Over you, Isaiah 62.5. I tell you that in the same way there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance, Luke 7.15. And he will take great delight in you. I love this one. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing, Zephaniah 3.17. You are the joy. Jesus found his great pearl of price. He found it. His great treasure. His reason for doing what he did. And that reason was you. And this is the joy of the Lord. Understanding that the the joy of the Lord is my strength because I I realized, I woke up one day to realize that God loves me. Me, oh my gosh, you know, I am so not perfect. And yet God sees every part of me, the good, the beautiful, the bad and the ugly, and he loves me anyway. Number two, his joy is the fruit of loving righteousness and hating wickedness or evil. Hebrews 1.9 says, You have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. The scripture is about Jesus. It's, it's, It's referring to Jesus. You have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness or the oil of joy above your fellows. Part of why we come together on a Sunday is so that we can be taught the difference between good and evil. You know, when you think about the people of Israel coming back from Babylon, that they, they would have been so messed up. I mean, a, a lot of those slaves would have been pleasure slaves. Uh, how do I say this nicely? They would have been sex slaves. They, they would have been brought up under... a uh, a temple regime where sex would have been normal and um and 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 having multiple partners would have been normal and and not knowing even who you're sleeping with would be normal and so they came back into this regime god didn't want to make them feel like crap excuse me he didn't god's never ever intended for us to feel less than or like a bug on the ground that he just steps on. Why would he do that if he died for us? You know, some of us have been through some really terrible situations and our understanding of what is good and bad gets messed up, man, (laughs) really gets messed up. What is right and what is wrong gets messed up because we don't know after a while. But if you learn to love righteousness, how do you do that? you find out what righteousness is. Who is the righteous one? Jesus is the righteous one. So you learn to know Christ. You learn to know him, not about him. You learn to know him. You learn to make a relationship with him. You come on Sundays and you hear us tell you about stuff that the word says, but really, all in all, it's not enough. You really need to want to know him more. And Sundays are like a picnic, we come and we, we, we join together and we eat food together, the Word of God. But really, you're not going to be able to live on one meal a week. You need to make it on a consistent basis. That's why we have life groups. Um, that's why we have counselling. That's why we hang out together at other times outside of church. Don't ever be afraid to reach out and, and spend time with people in the church and other Christians. Because it will it will help you to strengthen that joy that's within you because knowing the difference between right and wrong brings joy. You know how come I know that? I used to think stealing was okay. Um, I had a brother who was who was who had a different mindset. I don't know why. You'd probably call him a spurgist these days, but he hung out with a really bad group of guys, and they used to steal. I mean... <laughs> I mean steal cars and stuff like that, you know, not go down the road and steal lollies. I mean, like, steal, steal, yeah, you know, break into people's houses and yada, yada, yada. And um, because he had a, a mental issue, a mental illness, my mum convinced me that stealing was okay for him because he didn't know any better Okay, So as my brother's life went on, he kept stealing. And of course, he got in trouble with the police. And at one stage, he was put in jail. And then he was, was sent away from, from home. Now, that didn't bring him any joy whatsoever. He did not want to be separated from us, us as his family. Came to a point when he was like in his, oh, let me think, in his 30s, early 30s. And Keith and I went overseas and we left our vehicle behind Um, at my mum's place because we were going to be overseas for an extended amount of time. We were away for a while, came back, must have been about 12 months or so. Came back and our vehicles parked beside my mum's place in a total heap. It was smashed up, completely worthless. I mean, it was smashed, smashed. And then we're opening our mail and... um, that we we you know that that mum hadn't opened for twelve months you know unless it was really urgent we open up this mail and we've got this multi thousand dollar bill from the Auckland City Council for a um, a power pole that had been knocked over <laughs> and it's like what anyway to, you know what had happened was my brother and his mate had stolen our car he so nobody had the key so he'd gone into my mum's room. And, I, you know, you can make excuses, but the fact is he stole the keys and then stole our car, went out on a jury ride, smashed it up against the power pole. I don't know how they got home, but they brought it home, left it on this side, all smashed up, yada, 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 and we get the bill. And, you know, the weirdest thing, my mum swore it was not him, but you know that weird thing when God speaks to you? I knew... It was my brother. I knew it. Like I knew it, knew it. Like I knew as if my hands in front of my face kind of, I know. And so I went to my brother and I spoke to him and he denied it. He abs- No way. Look, I'm, I'm telling you, he's, he would have passed the lie detector test. He stood there, looked me in the eye and said, no, you're absolutely wrong. There's no way that I had anything to, to do with it. Um, and then he goes, this is what he says, he goes, me and, ghost didn't, me and ghost, his friend's name was ghost. Me and ghost didn't steal your, your vehicle and take it and smash it against the power pole. I'd never seen anything about a power pole. <laughs> <laughs> what am I trying to say? His, his, his inability to tell the difference between right and wrong eventually ruined him. I'm not joking. It has ruined him something shocking. Um, I love my brother because he's my brother, but I don't like the way that he lives, and I know for a fact that his inability to tell the difference between right and wrong has actually ruined his life. He's in his 60s now, and he's only just starting to understand how ruined he's made it. Sad, but true. Joy comes from knowing the difference between righteousness and wickedness. Number three, joy comes from a desire to please the Father and from abiding in him. Uh, Jesus' joy is what happened when he obeyed God, because, you know, he says, you know, I only do what my Father tells me to do, okay? Okay? Um, God's thoughts and ways and, and what the Father was speaking to him about, Jesus would obey. And by doing this, there was a fullness, a fullness of joy that abided in him. And that, that's what the Word of God says. So um, John 15 verse 10 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, and here's the kapow, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Full, yeah, full. That your joy may be full. He wants us to have a joy that, that, that abides in us. Does he want us to be cookie cut robots that, does, that do everything perfectly right? Well, you know, that's crazy, because if that was the case, he wouldn't have bothered to make us all different. He knows that we have weaknesses. He does. Excuse me. I have a problem with food. <laughs> Just saying, you know. <laughs> True. 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 Come on. Does my God love me less because of it? You're going to have to convince me. No. 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 So what does that, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. But you know, like what happens is, is a lot of people think as a Christian you get saved and you've got to, you're got you only allowed to do what's right. You have to be perfect. Oh. You know, the, the word of God says don't lie. Oh, my God, I've lied. Oh, he doesn't want me back. That's not true. He didn't provide a way for us to come back to him if he knew that we were going to be perfect. He knew we weren't perfect. He knew we'd make mistakes. He knew that we would fail sometimes and that that joy would be further and further away from us. So he provided us a way to always come back into his love. And can anyone tell me what that is? Grace. Grace. Well done. Grace. Joy comes from a desire to please Him. God, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Joy comes from a desire to please Him, to keep trying. When you make a mistake, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and ask God to forgive you and move on. Move on, guys. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck in the pain. Don't get stuck in the recriminations and the guilt and the bullcrap, man, excuse me. It just amazes me how easy it is for us to do that. Don't walk away and do your best. Walk away and walk in Him. That is how you find the joy of the Lord, and that is the joy that gives you strength. Last one. There are many, 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 many ways of finding the joy of the Lord, but these are my four top favourites, okay? This is my favourite favourite. Okay. Sunday services are blinking important. They are. It was important for the Israelites during Nehemiah and Ezra's time to, to come together and to speak and learn about the law. It was so important to them that for 70 years they had been held as captives and slaves in in a horrible land. Horrible place. Babylonia was not a good place for Israelites. really wasn't. And no country is it good to be a slave. You know, no country. So the first thing that they did when they got back to their own land even as refugees, as they gathered together and they learned the law. Sundays are important to you. And guess what? The offshoot of it is that according to the word of God, Isaiah 58 verse 13 to 14, this is out of the NIV version. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, If you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honourable, and if you honour it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. Woo! Woo! How cool is that? I love it. You know, it's talking about coming together for all the right reasons. You know, we come together to honour God. That's such a cool thing. I've been doing this stuff, like pastoring and doing Sundays for, oh my gosh, 37 years I think is how, 37 years. If you think for one moment there's been Sundays where I have not thought to myself, oh, I could just do with a sleeping, oh, oh. Oh, I haven't got the word ready properly. Oh, it's going to be a disaster. I don't want to go. Just let somebody else fix it up. Keith, you go fix it up. Mm-hmm. Fix it up for me. Please fix it up. You know, there, there are days when I feel like that, but I remember the word. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints. If you want joy in your life, come to church. Come to church for all the right reasons. Come to church to hear about God. Come to church to, to laugh and joke with your brothers and sisters. When you're feeling down, come to church. Do not isolate yourself. Come to church. Come and, and be, be grown and moulded by the Word of God. Please do not let Satan say, oh, because there's this thing going, oh, you don't need to go to church to, to be a Christian. Well, of course you don't need to go to church to be a Christian. You can be a Christian anywhere you like. You can be a Christian as a slave, by the way. But if you want the joy of the Lord, then come to church. If you want to learn about the things that will help you walk straight and in righteousness, then come to church. If you want to be able to, 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 to cause sparks, you know, iron sharpens iron. If you want to cause sparks, come to church. Great place to be. Great place to be. Fantastic place. So in conclusion, how do the things Jesus rejoiced in affect our understanding of the joy of the Lord is my strength? See, it's, it's not about what God, like a separate thing that God gives us. The joy of the Lord is in him. So, so to get that extra strength to do the stuff you need to do, You need to be in him so that the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. Does that make sense? So this is what we know. Knowing how I am loved loved by him and how much he wants to have a relationship with me gives me strength. Learning the difference between righteousness and wickedness and loving what is right gives strength me strength. Obedience and abiding in his love gives me the joy of the Lord and therefore his strength. Keeping Sunday for God and not for myself gives me the joy of the Lord, which gives me There are very few things in the Bible that tell us about what actually builds us up. Another one that I love is, is Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. One of the gifts of speaking in tongues is that um, it edifies your spirit or grows you up. But without the joy of the Lord, you ain't going to even understand speaking in tongues, because <laughs> you need to know the Word. Who is the Word? Who is the Word? Why do we need to know Jesus, the Word of God? Because that joy that we're looking for is of Him. It comes from knowing Him. Um, the Word of God is is a very balanced thing, and we need that balance. And that balance is found in Christ. He helps us to know when we're getting legalistic and kooky. It's true because we can. It's very easy to get legalistic and kooky. So I'm gonna finish with this. Philippians four, I'm going to give you a command. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice.
0: You've been listening to the Ignite Life podcast. We are so blessed that you've enjoyed this week's message from the Cobram campus. To find a church near you, more podcasts from our other campuses, life groups or information on the Ignite Life vision be sure to head to our website www.ignitelifechurch.com you can also follow our Instagram and Facebook Ignite Life Churches for regular updates testimonies challenging thoughts and words of encouragement to help equip you with the tools to navigate life's journey from all of us at Ignite Life bless you and walk in the light